Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings, Commanders. The show that talks about the universe of Elite. And the development of the computer game Elite 4, known as Elite Dangerous. And the fantastic community that surrounds it. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. It's even louder than me. The hottest show this side of Dizzo. The name of the place. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Commanders, and welcome to episode 463 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, uh, Chief Archivist of Lave Radio, otherwise known as Colin Ford, and joining me in the Orange Signed Winder Bar this episode, we have our SRV Banksy, that's Commander Alice Turnip. Red rum, red rum. We've got our uh, Head of Health and Safety and Hero to Smack Heads Everywhere, that would be uh, Ben Moss Woodward. Otherwise known as Commander Edler Weiss. I, I personally think our Robo Ross. <laughs> and finally, we have our. Um... Staff liaison, staff liaison. That's what you're looking you're The words you're looking yes. for is staff liaison. Yeah, you've gone and changed everything in all the order around. I'm, I'm not I didn't change it. the order. I haven't done any changing of any order. I don't know who did that. <laughs> well, that would be Commander Sidekick. Who, who you changed my name. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, cool. See, the amount of the amount out, of time yeah. that we save on not doing rehearsal, <laughs> amazing. Re- rehearse what? Rehearse what? Exactly. Imagine, imagine <laughs> if we knew what we were doing. We've only done what four hundred and sixty-three episodes. Well, you, not all of us. <laughs> well, I certainly haven't. It ju- it just feels like it. <laughs> If you wish, you can join us live. We're hanging out in game. Ben is is flying somewhere weird, so you can catch up with them. If you can't get to us in game, you can join us in the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live. Click on the live chat and then go on twitch.tv slash laveradio or look us up on YouTube, Facebook, XE, Twitter. And um, yeah, we'll be there. So let's quickly go around the crew, see how they've been this week, and we'll start with Commander Psychic. Um, I've been really good, thank you. I've been chill. What have I been up to? Did you to? go out? Did you go I out did, again? I did. I left the house. Three weeks left, in a row. I know. I know. We left the house. We did. We did the same thing that. So okay, for full clarity, there's a little um, little lake near to where we live. On a Sunday morning, there's a lot of hobbyists that go to this lake and let's not be filthy but there's a lot of hobbyists that go to this lake and they have the little um boats 
the little oh, like right, yes. like miniature boats that they they um put on the water and go around and it's really cool <laughs> it's really cool from a look how much money these people have got to spend on frivolous things and and play about and there's loads of different types there's some people have got like little miniature subs and all and it's very cool to go and take a look at these um these people doing that and when it's a nice day you can go for a full walk around the lake and it's dog friendly and there's a place that sells coffee so i like it's nice to go there on a um on a sunday morning and go and like enjoy a bit of sunshine um uh like have just a nice a nice walk and a coffee so um that's what I do. I'm 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 enjoying doing a, of a Sunday, and it gets me away from my computer for like a couple of hours. Please, and tell, that's a really good thing. Please tell me that there are some of those people with the remote control boats who are dressed up in naval uniforms. No, not quite. Oh, it's not. not I imagine. I imagine if they held like some kind of regatta or something like that, because you see, there were there were there were times when there's lots and lots of boats there, and there's times when there's not that many, and um, it's it's just really it's really nice to see all of these like middle aged like I say middle aged. Um, retirement aged gentlemen with a hobby that gets them out of their house. Do they at least wear little caps? Yeah, all the definitely pink caps. I used to do sure. that with my dad, actually. We used to do it down at um, a lake, I think it's called Black Park, and it's near Elstree Film Studios. And this was way oh, back in the that. days yeah, yeah. when you did it with uh, crystals. So you all had to get to agree with the other guests to use different crystals so you didn't accidentally control their boat. Oh, that was right. Yeah, and then occasionally all the boats would go haywire, which we always assumed was to do with something they were doing at the film studios. <laughs> and- That's so. The, yeah, it, it's just a really, it's a really cool little thing. Um, we like to have a coffee, go and go and watch these boats, and it's kind of like it's a really nice way to regularly disconnect. And I know, mm. I, I know that sounds uh, that like. Uh, I like to have regulation in when I when I disconnect and spend time away and spend just a little moment recharging um, because like this there's lots of hectic things going on at the moment um, and it's on the like run up from what we October all the way to December there's a lot of shit that I'm planning for and it's really nice to have a super a super tidy disconnect um, from from the from the digital space. Um, I've been playing on. I've been, I had I like three games. There were three games that were very fun. Those three games are Baldur's Gate three, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and um, Elite Dangerous. I've been doing nothing else than playing those three games. Um, they are all encompassing. They are all consuming, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, and that is my life at the moment. That's what I've been up to for the week. <laughs> Excellent. What about yourself, Ben? Uh, yeah, I've not really been up to a heck of a lot, actually. Um, I've I've been very busy with my real life, so I have played absolutely sweet Fanny Adams, um, apart from I tried uh, a couple of hours of the uh, new build from uh, for Star Citizen yesterday evening, um, and it was a new build, and I, I had... You know, I, I had some fun in that. It didn't crash, so I call I call that a win. Um, mm. And what else? Um, I was going to go to the cinema, but I didn't. Um, oh, I, oh, I'll save that for later. Um, um, what else have we been doing? Yeah, I've I basically 
but somewhere between just after the show last week and just before today, I've been very busy with real life and family stuff. So hey, ah, yeah, that that's <laughs> nothing you can say about that. Then no. come on, then come on, then Alice, what's <laughs> what's been happening with you? <laughs> uh-huh. I went to see I went to see the creator, which uh, was pretty good actually um it, I, it's a bit annoying that it's the the premise is yet again oh the we're at war with the ai it's now like, oh, seriously not this again but anyway I, I get over the basic premise and actually it's really good it reminds me a lot of uh district district nine actually it's it's so gritty the look of it's amazing this kind of mix of you know kind of hard sci-fi with all these sort of robots walking around, but then all the sort of jungles and sort of uh, eastern market places, and I don't know the the mix of sort of grubby and and high tech is it looks amazing. Um, and I won't spoil it, but I found the ending a bit a bit perplexing. Um, this doesn't really spoil it, but th- th- there's a scene where the lead protagonist is is desperately trying to get to a kind of detonated device and i honestly didn't know whether he was trying to get to it so he could set the thing off or try and get to it so that he could stop it going off it was like i don't know what anyone's doing trying to do at this point in the film which is a bit annoying but it was great on the whole i give it uh i give it a, a solid seven and a half uh what else i got oh a, a very generous um Commander Skur from Buckyball Racing Club sent me uh, an M2 SSD drive that he wasn't using. And it turns out my PC doesn't have an M2 drive in it, but it did have an M2 slot. Uh, and once I'd got it installed, 500 gig drive, it turns out it's about four times faster than the SSD I've got Windows on. Uh, and more importantly, that I've got Elite Dangerous on. So I moved Elite onto my M2 drive and I messed around and moved my windows uh my swap file onto the m2 drive which seemed like a a clever thing to do i wasn't brave enough to move the whole of windows onto it i just thought that sounds like hassle but yeah it was good uh and in game i have been pretty much obsessively flying around around the spire sites trying to do various things that we're supposed to do and inventing a whole new three and a half kilometer high time trial that i'm pretty sure we're not supposed to do but is bloody awesome is that to do with the video that you did it is indeed yes i have made a tutorial video on how to do the thargoid spire um challenge or or, or to give it its full name the absolutely insane thargoid spire challenge uh and i'm currently in the process of making a turning it into a time trial for ed copilot which i'm pretty sure only about three people in the world will actually be able to complete <laughs> so making it a time trial is almost pointless but um no people can do it actually people will definitely be able to do it it's it's not as hard as it looks and it's a ludicrous fun literally jump for people that haven't seen the video um you can literally jump from one of those thargoid spire landing platforms to the next um and you can even jump from one spire down to the next spire all in the SRV. It's amazing. Excellent. So, yeah, uh, let's see. Good news on, on the health front. I'm actually able to ride a bike again now. <laughs> is that good or is that bad? That sounds very bad news. It was ominous. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll be, I'll be back on the, on the pedals uh, probably tomorrow to see how far I can actually get in because, let's be honest, it's been 
almost eight weeks, so I doubt if I'm anywhere near the level of fitness I need to be to get into work. Uh, I said too many pies at home, I think. Um, Apart from that, uh, I have also been lucky enough to get my hands on a new graphics card, a 10, I know, a a 4070 Ti. Bloody jealous of that. That sounds amazing. Uh, Yeah, I put it in. Um, I have whacked everything on Elite Dangerous and Cyberpunk up to Ultra. Cyberpunk's got ray tracing on it. Incredible. I'm just walking around the place going, ah, this is this is fantastic. And to go on to into Elite Dangerous and virtual reality with the resolution that high with the new headset, and I'm I'm just there going, I I don't want to go back to real life. This means that I'll take the blue pill, thank you. So yeah, that's that's been me. Um apart from the usual family shenanigans, that's 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 about everything that's going on. Um, yeah, plenty of elite dangerous, obviously, because of the, <laughs> the needed to test out the a lot of research into benchmarking the new graphics card. Honest, yes. So let's have a look at the development news of what has been happening this week. Well, uh, first off, Galnet news roundup on the nineteenth of October. Yep, Paul's back. Excellent. So. <laughs> I'm yeah, so sorry, I didn't realise this was a call and response section. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally off my honour. Well, my apologies. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So the usual um, level of wit and sarcasm and evilness uh, mm. is, can be found in the Galnet, <laughs> the Galnet roundup. And then, of course, there was uh, the surprise. Well, it wasn't a surprise. It just things got moved around a bit. But the Frameshift Live happened yesterday, or Monday, for the Halloween special. Max came on to talk about the Banshees, and uh, he certainly uh, does cackle in a delightful way. You can tell he's Mistress of Minions minion, can't you? You know what? I, I like to think it was the Kylo Ren to uh, to Darth yeah. Vader, really. You know, mm. yeah. You see, there was there was an awful lot of. I missed this, but there was a few hints about something about twenty six days was later. That? Yeah, I'm sure there was. Comments in the chat about twenty six. Okay, so I tell you, I tell you what that was. Oh, um, right, on okay. the on on the um, you know how they put them inside a a simulation of the of something that's happening in Elite. So they're behind mm-hmm. a desk. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 one of the consoles had twenty six days written on it. That's ah. all it was. It was like one of the random yeah, it's images. The thing. last accident thing, isn't it? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Beyond like <laughs> signage and the fleet carrier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't read too much into that. Or we'll have blue triangles over all over again. And I am at my peak with idiocy <laughs> on the internet at the moment. So. Uh, yeah, well, we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. Um, they have they have said that there is a smaller update coming towards the end of November which is, I guess, 17.1. There won't be... I don't think we're going to get an update 18 this year. They call it a stability update, did they? Stability patch. But then again, they might be lying. They did say there was going to be a Halloween event. More mm-hmm. details in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and all I can say from the impression that I saw of the whole thing was someone's been watching a lot of horror films, haven't they? It was fun. It was, it was fun. It, it was a bit like like last year when they did the thing with the with the guy approaching the pal- planet and all of that, and we were like, "What the fuck is going on?" Kind of the mm. same. It was kind of the same mentality, but we were all expecting something this year, so that was mm. pretty cool. Yeah, well, well done, Frontier. 
Yeah, I got a sneaking suspicion Arthur and Sally enjoyed doing that a lot more than <laughs> they were letting on. <laughs> and all I can say is, well done with your gurning, off. That's... Are you quite sure your face can move in that direction? Little, I thought the ending was a little bit of a jump scare when it when it all sort of like mm-hmm. went quiet and then Arthur appeared at the end. I was like, that's airing on the side of jump scares. I like I jump at fucking everything, so I mean I shouldn't be the barometer for this, but I got I got jump scared a little tiny bit. It was it was a fine line actually between funny and being genuinely creepy. There was there was a sort of Blair Witch moment yeah. where Blair Arthur was kind yeah. of standing in the corner, sort of twitching his his head in a strange way. And there was a great yeah, bit. Did people weird. catch the bit where um, they must have reversed mm. it? But mm. Sally must have thrown a bit of paper, but they reversed it, so this kind of bit of paper flew into her hand. It was incredible. Look, I, I don't think I did get that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they yeah, reversed they did. It. They did do that one. I did see that one. It was, it was, it, yeah, it just, it was, it was like fun, spooky. Yeah. Fun, spooky, creep, creepy, spooky. Like old, good. like old phasmophobia before phasmophobia got really scary. <laughs> um, it, it was, it felt like that for me. I enjoyed it. Excellent. So yes, the, we have said there is a Halloween event coming. Um, full details will be announced in the forum on Wednesday. That's tomorrow, the day after this. So that'll be the 25th. Uh, so yes, watch the space uh, as we carry on. Do anyone um, get any of... little gems from the live stream that they want to mention? Yeah. Anybody want to talk about anything there? Because uh, I think the only thing that I, that I took away with it was um, a stability patch. I thought, Oh, okay. Um, listen, in, you know. yeah, yeah, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, um, in, in the interview with Max, I felt like they were skirting around um, talking about the Banshee's vulnerabilities. I don't know if you yes. guys have, have picked up on this, but I, I, I think, I don't know if this is confirmed or still a bit rumoury, but I get the sense that the, the Banshee has a vulnerability on its underside. It does, yeah. If you shoot the testicles oh, on, really underneath neat. it, I, yeah. It's got three. It's got three red testicles underneath it. If you shoot them, they are the vulnerability of it. The issue is, is that they they don't. Um, where you can shoot everything else on um, a from a ship. So if you're using dumbfire missiles, you can take out the revenants with a ship. The banshees appear to be just. If you're in a ship, they have no registrable hitbox, which is kind of frustrating because you can't go and. Because it's on the underside, because the the danglers. Yeah, I mean, to... I mean, you can you can still do you can still do damage on the top, but it's less damage, right? Um, on like other parts of it, but you can only do it from an SOV or using handguns. That's cool. I like that. Um, Come I on. would well, if not consistent, this is the issue. <laughs> it, um, and oh. they will they will literally just fly through your ship. There's no collision at all. Yeah. So it's like they don't have a hitbox with other with other ships around. Oh, that's really weird. Oh, okay, that's weird. Do they have a hitbox with SRVs? Yes. Yeah, you can that's shoot right. them in an SRV so without a problem. It's just, um, as I say, with like the re- the thing though. The thing is though, revenants will come back because scouts come back to the sites and spaff them out. There isn't really. Um, it, you're waiting for the banshees to respawn, and I don't even know whether they do. Um, having been at a site, cleared out all the banshees and waited hours and not really got any back before resetting. So there's there's arguments for balance, potentially, on on a, a, a quality of life patch. Oh, I see. Uh, nice to know that the, the key to to dealing with them is bashing banshee bollocks then. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Banshee bollocks. <laughs> they're they're, they're <laughs> bulbous. 
They're bulbous, bulbous berry coloured banshee bollocks. <laughs> but um, you have a show title. <laughs> yes, we Bash the, uh, yeah. Bashing banshee bollocks. <laughs> bulbous berry banshee bollocks. We'll see how many bees we can put into a sentence before we put it out. Bollocks. <laughs> yeah. Um, anybody else got anything else to take away from now that we've. How do you follow that? No, I mean, it, I from it was, a, good, a good 12 inches away. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I overall thought the stream was quite well put together. Um, it's, um, yeah. Did I spot a psychic screenshot in there as well? Yeah, you did. You did? Hey, yeah, you did. Well yeah, you did. I got so excited. I've, I I don't think I've won Stella Screen. I, I, I might have won it once, but to win Stella Screenshots is really fucking cool. But also, the, the screenshot that I took wasn't, um, it was, it. they don't exist in the game anymore because it's a, it's a, it was a Barnacle Matrix site mm. and they just don't exist anymore. So it's like a little snapshot of history of time. Or do or will they? They might Hopefully. make them come back. Things better right out. Yeah, well, let's hope so. Anyway, um, okay, so we'll move on from there. Obviously, um, yeah, there's a, been a couple of things happening frontier-wise. Uh, Elite Dangerous itself has been added to the PlayStation Plus Extra network. This is the PlayStation equivalent to the Xbox Games Pass. So there's. Uh, <laughs> it means that the, the fuel rats have reported there's a few extra um, PlayStation uh, commanders that have need help over the last uh, last week or so. So um, that was interesting. Uh, and then on top of that, F1 Manager 2023 has been added to the Xbox Game Pass. Um, I mean, both of these things can be seen as quick ways to get revenue into Frontier because... Um, when you actually say these games are put on the Game Pass service, Xbox and PlayStation just gives the company a load of money, and then that's it. So, yeah, this could be a kind of, not a money grab, but a, a way to increase revenue quickly, which, yeah. Um, oh, one little touch. Has has anybody seen the, the Brooks uh, Star Tours poster before? Because mm-hmm. I don't... I only just noticed them uh, since the since update seventeen came down. I'm not sure if I, no, I think they've been in there since they the tour thing because I spotted one outside uh, a Coriolis or something. Yeah, they they're, they're kind of dotted around. Mm. They've just added them to the pool of of hollow ads. I think they're nice. Yeah, yeah it just took me by surprise. I hadn't seen one before, and I just went ah, oh, and then ah, oh, because you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it got you in the, did it get you in the feels, Colin? It 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 did surprise me. Yes. So, yeah. Moving on from there, let's see. I uh, I guess the community is is what we'd like to talk about next. Um, what have they been up to? Well, let's just say the uh, there has been update seventeen videos, absolutely galore. And this is more than the ones that we saw yesterday. We've got the um, the impure and semi-refined Thargoid Spire Minerals and how to get them by Ricardo's Gaming. It's a very good tutorial for um, explaining how to land on the leaf, run around the place. and Actually, this this uh, is what... the lower bit. In fact, this is what I was doing today, um, and I'm All finding right. it incredibly hard, actually. It's the thing on... Um, I think they're officially called mega barnacles. A lot of people are calling them the gazebos. 
Okay, yeah, I know the gazebo. You know the things that sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm finding it incredibly difficult to do. So, so there's two there's two things you can do in there. In the SRV, you can shoot these things down from the ceiling that you scoop in the SRV. And you can also go in on foot with your um, electrical charge device again and zap two little nerve clusters, which then activates a, a little panel thing that you can shoot, and that drops a thing as well. But that thing's got to be picked up by the SRV. Yeah, so yeah. You've, got to, you've got to get into this gazebo unnoticed. You've got to get out of the SRV, do this little runaround of shooting and zapping things, get back in the SRV, scoop these things up, and get away and get to your ship without being spotted. Uh, I have not managed to do that yet. I find it incredibly difficult. Anyway, this is a little video yeah. from Ricardo's doing that. Excellent. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been plenty of stuff. I mean, I must admit, um, when I've been running around these spires, um, I, I, got one, I got one of them where it's just at twilight, the the planet is um, tidally locked, so it's always con- the, the site is constantly at twilight, and oh, it's oh, oh, yeah, it's gorgeous. It, it, it was absolutely gorgeous, and um, yeah, I got I <laughs> I got uh, blasted off the lily pads, if you like, and it is a long way down. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 is, it is such a long yeah, way down, sure but it was fantastic because um, I got. I was about to say blown off then, but I was not yeah, you did. <laughs> It's a good job you didn't say that because I would have had a reaction to it. Yes. You so we managed to we managed to keep it we managed to keep it nice and safe and so that we're, yeah. we're good. Not it's drawing a good attention job you didn't. to it. At it's all. a really no. good job you didn't say anything, Colin. Well done. Mm. Well, <laughs> after all that and falling down. Because uh, um Yeah, what up? Well, well, I was going to say, so the, the, the stuff up on the platforms where you um, mm-hmm. zap four of the things, and I'm, I'm finding, I mean, that's kind of easy. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, because nothing really attacks you. Super Mario, isn't it? It's great. Right, right. It is cool. But the thing I'm describing down on the ground, have you, have you managed to solo that? Okay. Okay, no, because um, I the, the Banshees are, are bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Banshees I, are I, mean, um, yeah. and I don't like them. Yeah, I, I was thinking that, Frontier maybe maybe that's deliberately intended to be a group activity. What do you think? So um on Saturday, on Saturday we took like um we I think there were like eight of us um who who all went down to um went down to a site. We we we're doing like just ad hoc bits and pieces um uh in in like in my Discord. We'll just grab a couple of people who fancy doing it and then go and um have like dick about in scorpions for a little bit and and kill them all. And then once you've killed them all, because they don't respawn, you can you can do everything at your level. But it's really fun to just like, um, like hang out there and do all of the bits and pieces that you need to do, and then just kill officers to your heart's content. Yeah, it's great. It's yeah, really, it's watching, a really fun um, thing to do. I've been watching uh, Foxy Loxy discovered killing authoruses. <laughs> it was just yeah, hammering they, them. They, they just don't care. <laughs> I, I They're like, oh, you're myself. killing me? Are you okay? That's fine. <laughs> it's it's really it's just it's just a really. Um, a really cool thing to just sort of like get a group of you together and just go and do um and it's nice to have a purpose for the scorpion um uh, it's yeah. nice to have a purpose for the scorpion i really enjoy enjoy doing it and you also get the 40 mil per office which doesn't you know doesn't hurt yeah that helps no ben? i actually i did see a nice little 
video about taking out the the banshees on foot, which was it was basically involved somebody with the oh the rocket launcher, and he was ducking in and out of of a facility, which also had his uh, ability to rearm. But he he was doing that, and then as Psykid nicely said, shooting their bollocks off with a uh-huh. rocket. Uh, yeah, and lots he, of people so, are doing that too. It's, so, it's, yeah, it's, I saw that. And that looked, yeah, it, it looked it looked achievable. It it is achievable. I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend doing it on your own. Um, no. Very mm-hmm. very often, but um, like full disclosure, last week I said something along the lines of. Um, I want these to stay around for a really long time because um, I want people to be able to get the equipment that they need and build up to um, to get the equipment that you need. Now, that is to make life hella easy for yourself, getting the equipment that you need. You can buy like grade three stuff from wherever you want. Um, if there if there's stuff available, like go out go out on a Thursday morning and do some shopping, and um, get some or uh, on a Thursday and get. Uh, grade three Artemis suit because I re-looked at my Artemis suit and it's only a grade four Artemis suit it doesn't have like any extra accoutrement to it um, grade uh, grade three Artemis suit will more than enough suffice with what you're doing so you don't have to invest like a huge amount of time you don't need an, a fully engineered ship and scorpions don't have engineering so mm. it's it's very, with the exception of being interdicted slash hyperdicted by glaives, it's <laughs> very entry level friendly. Yes, I, I mean, also, also I you can been... you can make all of the you can get all of the upgrades and make it even easier for yourself. But yeah, but yeah, it's been, it's been really enjoyable um, gameplay. I've been thoroughly enjoying it yeah. so far. Alec, actually, you're <laughs> up next. Actually, so I did slip one in from Danger Pencil, who's yeah. um, a bit of a flight assist off Huna. He's recently been posting some amazing times. I think I'm right in saying on the Okinura Challenge, which was a an old flight assist off um, kind of station challenge. Anyway, I thought this was an interesting, different perspective on the Spire sites because um, he's basically using it as a place to do some flight assist off Hooning. Uh, so it's it, it's sort of got that nice combination of of being a real spe- a real spectacle, but also just watching the guy fly around um, around the spires with flight assist off is is incredible. What, what what's interesting to know if people get to watch this video is um it's astonishing how little he uses pitch and roll. I'm not I'm not a permanent flight assist off pilot myself, so I hadn't really thought about it. But he barely touches pitch and roll, which is fascinating. Anyway. I thought that was good. How, how does he... Well, it's just your then. It's a lot of your and lateral thrusters. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that that kind of makes sense. Yeah. It's one of these videos where you can see on screen little graphics showing his inputs. Um, so it's kind of interesting to watch. Lovely yeah. video. Anyway, uh, yeah. And then I threw mine in. We mentioned it at the top of the show, but um, I threw in my absolutely insane Thargoid Spire platform challenge, which is uh, an SRV challenge where you start at the top of the big spire and you jump 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 from platform to platform all the way around it then you jump down to the middle one bounce off the middle one's platform and land on the lower one's platform piece of cake uh it, if people do look at that have a look in the video description because um i linked some bloopers so yeah if people are wondering whether i ever get it wrong yes i do and, and i've linked them in the bloopers the, the, the best one the, the funniest one which happened to me a few times 
is you're you're mid jump in the SRV from one platform to the next, three and a half mm-hmm. kilometers up in the air, and then you get hit by a shutdown field. <laughs> and the SRV does not like the shutdown field, and it just shuts down and plummets to the ground. Oh right, because your thrusters are not going to be firing. Yeah, are yeah, they? everything stops, and you just you just <laughs> suddenly yeah you just fall. It's really funny. Uh, all of a sudden, make like a brick. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and finally, we've got Spire Runner from the Burr Pit, which is um, the Burr Pit got a, a whole load of people together and all decided to do a surface assault. So this was manic. Epic videos are always good. We don't shout enough enough, but um, no, a nice yeah. cinematic. So they, they they do these little non-commentary cinematics occasionally. Yeah, I'm just sort of je- jealous that I missed out on that one. I I do get I do get invites, but it's always just when I can't do it. Yeah. So yeah, it's a bit of a shame. Uh, but yeah, overall, um, as far as update seventeen seems to have been really well received by the community so far. Um, it's, it's the amount of feedback that's coming back from uh, reviewers in general has been, over, you know, overwhelmingly positive. I think the only thing that I've seen is these. Oh, there's nothing else apart from Thargoid stuff at the moment. But they're thinking, yeah, yeah. it's great, isn't it? I think um, I was listening to Loose Screws this morning, and they sounded like they've been having some bugs. It's funny, isn't it? Like I, I sort of found it entirely bug-free almost. But um, mm. certain groups, I guess, do different activities, whether they wing up or they're in a different part of the world or a different time zone or whatever. But just seem to be plagued by bugs that. Um, that other people don't see. Yeah, it, I'm, it's got to be something to do with the distance. I, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, if I, I, I gather they are things that are on the confirmed bugs list about, you know, um, there were really weird things like not having any pips in the ship and um, super cruiser assist not working and, you know, really quite fundamental game mechanic issues about stuff not working. But yeah, update 17 has been good for me. Really yeah. solid. Yeah. So, uh, right. Well, Sticking with you, um, Alec, something's happening this Saturday. There is. They seem to be coming thick and fast, but we have another flipping buckyball race, which starts this Saturday, October the 28th, and runs till the following Sunday. Usual deal. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is a rerun of an old race called Prison Break. Really simple. Um, There's no bonuses, no heat bonus nonsense, no damage nonsense. All you do is you have a start station which is in the in the uh slinks eye system love the name of that system little neutron system i think um so you start at kaleem ring in the slinks eye system and then you have to visit three different penal colonies in so surface based planet surface based penal colonies in any order you like mm-hmm. um so for people that kind of haven't been down to these these are little surface bases i suppose that are designed i don't know what you're supposed to do at them do you do assault missions at them i can't remember but they're they're sort of they're not friendly so they have an exclusion zone yeah um, there, there, there are um uh there are uh things that you can do at those missions like the missions uh, hack, hack the towers and things right. like that okay and, so, and sometimes you get missions to disable the um the generators within them oh yeah yeah okay okay so so um, I don't know if this is true of all penal colonies, but these three have landing pads. And in the original yeah. version of the, lace, the race, you literally had to land on them. You can actually, 
you know, you get the landing gear thing so you can actually land on them even though you're not supposed to. So it was a kind of touch and go, go race. You'd visit all three, land on them. Um, and if you're quick, if you can land quick and get away quick, then they don't open fire on you. So that was kind of the idea. Um, something's happened in one of the updates or with Odyssey. So more often than not, possibly always, actually, they, they seem to have a ship firmly planted on the pad these days. Um, so we've just relaxed the rules a little bit so you can land up to 500 metres away from the, the centre. So you can land next to the pad if you can't land on it. Um, the only little twist, which is <laughs> which is fun, is that one of the uh, these penal connellers, the Barcelo one, is on Mitterrand Hollow. Mm. So we have a buckyball race which involves a fast planetary landing on Mitterrand Hollow. Um, and if people haven't been there, this is the planet that lands on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was practicing um, this morning. It's it's very weird trying to land quickly on that planet. Very weird. Yeah, it's, it's weird when a planet catches you up, isn't it? Yeah, it scoops you up, and then suddenly you're you're sort of trying to level out and do the usual thing of, you know, gauging your glide angle and stuff. But the whole of the rest of the galaxy is kind of spinning wildly around you. It's so strange. Good fun though. Yeah. So that runs wow. uh, this Saturday for a whole week. Have at it. Excellent. I, at this time, I will make an attempt. Honest. <laughs> Which, it's a really quick one. I mean, although it's got this mid-trend hollow sort of a bit of um, amusement in the middle of it, I think people are doing runs in like 15 minutes or something. So it's a it's a lovely quick one. Yeah. Excellent. Um, just a quick shout out to the Exin Squadron, who are part of the AXI. They are now celebrating their fifth anniversary fifth anniversary for a squadron so uh, that's pretty good going uh, so they're organizing an srv raid event on december the 2nd you can find out all the details you need to this on the axi discord uh, so um we'll probably supply the details to get in touch with the discord uh, in the show notes uh, as far as the thargoid war itself well the current cycle at the moment we've got 38 on alert one invasion 417 are still Thargoid controlled and 14 are in recovery um, however this is a bit well it's a bit different now because the next cycle they're actually predicting a lot more invasions and uh, a lot more controlled ships so it could be that something's happened in the the, uh, the background simulation to say that the Thargoids are beginning to uh, push back a bit we'll have to wait and see how things go because it's the first time i've seen an invasion system in a cycle for quite a while yeah admittedly it's probably already completed <laughs> do we know the effect of these spire sites are they locking things down again like the matrix sites did we don't actually and that's one thing that uh, i'm sure that ian doncaster and the rest of the, the thargoid analysts are now looking at um extensively at the moment so they don't they don't lock it they don't lock everything down. I know there were before before the update seventeen dropped in. I think three of the at least three of the barnacle matrix sites had been flipped. Um, and then when the um, when it when it happened when update seventeen dropped, they were back under Thargoid stuff. I know a lot of people were working 
doing stuff and dicking around around Taranis, and they were already showing the stuff that mm-hmm. you were doing to the Barnacle Matrix sites were um, affecting the 10... Oh, now, this is going to be a really ropey quote of memory kind of shit. So apologies if I get numbers incorrect or if I get this information wrong. Please, anyone with the knowledge and full knowledge in in, uh, uh, correct me with this. But I think it's like the 10 most far away points from the maelstrom are... um, are being being affected by that the Tembo systems that are the furthest away from the maelstrom are being affected by um some of the other bits that you're doing at the spire sites i might be entirely incorrect with that, that and i'd love for it to be sense. um yeah because the ones furthest away would be the weakest they'd have the weakest supply lines and you know mm-hmm. i've had three people in chat say that they think i'm right <laughs> So I'm going to go with it and say it's not just me that believes this. I believe I you horrible uh, thought, guarantee it's uh, accuracy, but... <laughs> it's very selfish, but I've just had a horrible thought, which is I'm going to spend blooming hours designing this beautiful time trial on one of these spire sites, and then the AXI are going to turn the tide and the thing won't be a spire site next week. I think it will probably still be a spire site. I can't see like, the structures going... I can't see the structures going away, but they might be, they might be flipped. Like like status wise, but not Yeah, status wise yeah. but like, not not thinking wise. They might they might well, even be uh, safer. Yeah. Can I just give a shout out to the DCOH uh website? Because um originally it's where we got got our stats from every week. They've gone and redone the entire website to give you a lot more useful information about where things are happening in the Thargoid war. Uh, I I just I, I think the the uh, they've done a fantastic job. And, yeah, you're uh, right. Get mentioned enough. It's really good, isn't it? Yeah. Now that they've added new features like where to find Counter Strike systems and um, uh, the uh, the reactivation missions, that that's yeah. Uh, congratulations. That's really really useful to useful. Uh, bit of uh, third-party tool there. I really like. I don't know if you've seen it, but I really like its historical map, which is a 3D map of of space and and the different maelstrom systems with the color code for the different states. And it gives you. It, it reminds me a little bit of the power play map. You get this nice kind of mm, yes sense of, of sort of bubbly effect. Yeah, yeah, like little bunches of grapes or something. Uh, are we back to to banshee bollocks again? No, we are indeed. <laughs> If you do have a community event taking place soon and you'd like us to shout out about it across the airwaves, tweet the crew at Lave Radio or email us at info at laveradio.com. Um, right, the in-game again, uh, in-game events. What has been happening this week? Well, the 19th of October, uh, President-elect Winters uh, has outlined her future for the presidency. So that's taking away a lot of things that were... Uh, restricting personal freedoms in uh, in the Federation. So all that uh, predictive terrorism nonsense agency is going to go and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and um, cutting back on military spending. Um, is, is that really a good idea in the middle of a Thargoid war? Just wondering, that's all. Uh, <laughs> Probably not. Uh, 
And on Monday, the 23rd of October, um, it's been revealed that the Titan survivors are being kept in quarantine. Uh, they're not being let out at all. So high security quarantine as well. So imagine that you've just been popped out of a pod. You've just been through the most terror terrorized, uh, terrorizing um, experience imaginable. And uh, you're basically shut in prison. Yeah, it's interesting that they're really leaning into this thing of, of, you know, we've tested them and these people are absolutely fine and we can find no evidence of anything wrong with them. But uh, we just don't know because yeah. there are so many unknowns with the Fargoids. I did start to wonder, I think I speculated on this in a previous show, you know, that um, all this community assumption about getting zombies. And I thought uh, maybe, maybe we're not going to get that at all. Um, but I don't know. They're kind of leaning into it with these gal nets. So whether well, we didn't, I know. I'm not sure. It's not for yeah. me. We shall have to wait and see. Very much so. Right. So um, I guess it's uh, that time of the week for the store alert. Store alert. Let's be honest, there hasn't been anything new, but there has been a 30% off selected Halloween-related decals. Those decals include... And bobbleheads. Yeah, bobbleheads include... And lights. And lights, yes. So all those wonderful things that you loved at Halloween for last year, they're back, and they're they're 30% off. Also, they're highlighting... Pardon? I was just going to say, should add, there is a skull that is available this year that hasn't been available for a really long time. People um, ask me about the skull that I have on my bubble, um, on my, um, all of my ships all of the time. Um, it's the, the, the skull with the, with the rib cage and the more metallic looking skull. That hasn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's one great. hasn't existed, uh, hasn't been in the store for a really long time. Has it like, not? Uh, no, for like two, three years. Um, so it is available this year. You can get it. So just in case, Frontier Puller, we're not going to put this up again. It is actually available. I, I used to get so many people asking me about it, and um, it wasn't available for a good like couple of years. So mm. um, it, it's available. It is a good yeah. one. The, the bobbleheads come in a sort of range of sizes, and this one yeah. is is nice. It's it's really noticeable, isn't it? You know, it's, yeah. it's quite chunky, and it looks really good. It looks really yeah, this, nice with the pumpkin one as well. The pumpkin, yeah. the actual pumpkin with the light up pumpkin. I think I think they're really nice together, and everything else is also, um, also also nice together. Yeah, what's there's a, there's what I looks like know. a a grave a, a gravestone and a oh there there is in the, the stream gravestone and a a skull a, a different kind of skull thing. It looks like something from Monkey Island, to be honest. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it should be noted that all the suits, the Halloween suits are back and they're on a 30% discount as well. Um, 
as uh, well as to, uh, Diana Rigg in chat who was asking what it's called. It is called quite simply Skull Bobblehead. It's an imaginative 4, 000, name. It is indeed. 4,529 arcs at your nearest cockpit customization broker. Yeah. Uh, and then we've, we've also got the pulse ship screens for the Eagle and the um <sighs> the the adder. Yeah. Why? Why waste good skins on an adder? There's also uh, like the malevolent nightmares and things like that. Gosh. All of the um malevolent skins, which are like the light up pumpkin-y ones. Um yep. that are on the um the Python, the Anaconda, the Cobra, and the Asp Explorer. Mm. Um, and we've also got the pumpkin lights, which have been in the store for fucking ever, and then yeah. the neon schools. And the most important thing from all of this is that next week we get the sugar schools <laughs> after Halloween, which is very exciting. Yeah. Excellent. I forgot those. Right. Well, um, after that store excitement, I, I think we will take a uh, an advert break and we'll come back with our main discussion. <laughs> Oh, boy, space is cold in here. That commander has a cheek sitting up in his cosy and warm cockpit while we haul radioactives around his cargo bay. Oh, is it cold? I hadn't noticed. Oh, that's right. Why, you're not even shivering. Maybe it's because I picked up this North Coast cargo bay sweater. It keeps me warm and stylish. Say, that is a nice jumper. It's made from the finest Verex wool and handcrafted by novitiates in the underground monasteries of Van Manen's Star. Wow. Where can I get one? New North Coast Cargo Bay sweaters. Be the envy of your friends. Wow, every lady from here to the Empire. Be warm and toasty, even on the tenth planet of a dying star. Now on sale at Spark and Mensa. Better now? Better? Why, I feel so warm, I'll probably never catch man flu again. Spark and Mensa. Because nothing says sexy like a neck-high jumper. Have you found yourself in a spot of bother with those Xenodes messing up your backyard? Oh, why are there Fargoids in my system? Can't leave the house without fear of a hyperdiction? Can't even get to work. Not that they've noticed, because everything's on fire there too. Sick of the amount of time it takes to scrub the caustic damage from those hard-to-reach places? Oh, f- f- oh it f***ing hurts. F- ow. Introducing Dr. Pope's Caustic Burn Cream. Apply a few drops to the affected area and feel the euphoria of instant relief. After that, just wash the burn away. It's like it was meant to happen. It's so good, you can even use it on your ships. Thanks, Dr. Pope. My ship smells brand new. Dr. Pope's Caustic Burn Cream. The miracle that can happen. Side effects may include dizziness, constipation and itching sensation, worship of an obviously aggressive false deity, death and loss of sense of smell. Should you experience any of these symptoms, please contact your doctor immediately. Not Dr. Pope though, he's busy. This is a public service announcement from the Fuel Rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, 
We will. But you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to fuelrats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? Welcome back, and we have we have our question of the week as the main discussion. Um, Psychic, th- point thank uh, thank you for putting out the question. Uh, what is your favorite ship in Elite, and what is it specifically about it specifically that makes it your favorite? Yeah. So um, I thought I thought with our, with asking this question because let's be honest, a lot of the questions that we ask, we I may have asked on a different show before. <laughs> and this one was one which we asked pretty regularly on that show um but it was part of the quickfire round and we never really had the opportunity to deep dive into why people think that it is that why people um have the specification of this being their favorite ship um because you can all all, you can very quickly answer the name of a ship and it not be a problem but Mm. i thought it would be quite nice to do like a full deep dive for each individual person saying why exactly what is it that makes that ship your favorite ship in the game yeah um yeah and we had a massive response to this even though there was two weeks yeah it was was a lot it was a lot everyone everyone likes talking about the ships yeah it wasn't like we had anything to talk about last week either so (laughs) (laughs) right well um i'm going to to start with um epaphos um (laughs) Um, he said it's the Sidewinder it's the only ship that comes with a flight manual not that he reads flight manuals <laughs> but seriously he says he can't he finds it hard to pick a single ship as his favourite as he has favourites depending on what he's doing in game which is quite true that's a very um, practical answer it's a very, yeah. it's a very <laughs> practical answer from a very practical Apaphis um, <laughs> for fuck's sake pick a ship you loser <laughs> Flight manual is cool, isn't it? It's down the. Do you need? You don't need VR to see it, do you? You can see it with a bit of head look. I think, can't you? Is it off to one side? I, I think. Yeah, it's so. off one side, and we can see it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll go next. It's, shall I? It's, 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 <laughs> yes, go on then. Oh, I'll go next. Um, we 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 do have we do have a bit of time where we can go. We can deep dive into these as well, which is really nice. Um, uh, some um absolute plum called Psychic um commented and um she said um i've made no secret of loving the corvette um i love how ridiculously versatile it is um i think it my actual favorite oh my god i'm gonna announce this to the internet i think my actual favorite might be the crate phantom though specifically mine with its holistic shields and zero hull but let's just keep that between us it's all right no one listens to this anyway um yeah i i uh, sort of like i don't get me wrong i fucking love the corvette it's great it's a great ship it's so versatile and so amazing but if i had to pick one that i would have to fly in all the time it's probably gonna be the, the yeah. it might be it might be the phantom hmm. while ben's dying he can tell us what his favorite ship is and why. yeah for sure yeah um so I'll, i i know I, I know i said something along the lines of i kind of want to troll arthur and say the crate mark two, but you know, even though it is one of my go-to ships, 
Mm. My favorite favorite one has to be the original and best Cobra Mark III. Um, but I'm I'm a bit like Epithus in that you know at the moment I'm in a Anaconda. Um, you know I like doing trading in the in the cutter. I like just hooning around the galaxy in the crates. But yeah, the the my it, like you were saying, you know, if I had to stick to one, it would be the Cobra Mark III. Yeah, it is a nice mm. ship. It comes Understandable, up because... It does come up yeah. It's got the nostalgia it, value, but actually, you mm. know, Frontier have done... I don't know I don't know why, I don't know how. It's sort of very tactile, but they've done a brilliant job of of bringing that old Cobra Mark III from 1984. They really yeah. brought it alive, and it feels the way it should feel. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous, that one. Alec, your turn. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was a tough question. I, I tried not to go, because you can just list every ship almost and find a reason for it. But um, for a long time, I I mean, I'm a bit funny with my ships. Very few of my ships actually have weapons fitted, because most of the time I'm just not doing that sort of thing with them. So the only ship that I really worked on and did, you know, thought about the build and did all the engineering and have filled every utility slot and have have tried different weapon combinations and got one I like and it, it's not a meta by any chance. I remember it was it Exegius? Somebody used to get very cross at my Python build and constantly tell me to change it, but I liked it. Um yeah, so so the Python was 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 my first ship that was a real home in the game. I would always go back to it, you know, if I was doing missions or or something, I'd just jump in the Python. That was the only ship that that felt like home and not just a tool to to go and do something in um but i have to say when i i did a, a sort of expedition out to colonia um, and i really took my time and i went and did all sorts of things and i wrote a kind of blog on the forum about it i switched to a crate mark ii and really fell in love with that ship as well so i, I think it's probably history that i picked the python because the crates weren't around um but dare i say it the crates are probably a better ship than the python slightly maybe I picked the Crate Mark II, by the way, because it's got the ship launch fighter, which um, is fun when yeah. you're doing an expedition because it just gives you a different point of view and a different thing to take screenshots of and different opportunities to, to do fun. So, yeah, um, Python the Crate, my two very homey ships that I feel very comfortable in either of those. But I think I am going to say that my favourite is the Cobra Mark III. Um, this feels great. And I've fallen in love with it again with the this year's Buckyball race making it, the, well, and last year's making it the regulation ship. Um, the it's build so good. It is. The build we've got's not great, you know, because obviously we're, we're picking a, a low-budget build, so there's no engineering and it's not all A-class by any means. But that almost makes it better. I actually yeah. like the way it drifts and you, you sort of, you do need to fly it. It's not just on rails, you know, you love it. <laughs> The way it drifts, the way it just carries on drifting without. Yeah, the... but you, yeah, well, you get used to it. You, yeah, and you can like, fly it well. Yeah, you, it's just like um, it's just a fun little ship to fly. It really is. There's no yeah. denying it. It's got weight. It's got a little bit of oomph. It's it's just a really nice balance. Yeah, yeah. Cobra Mark Three. I think I shall pick. Excellent. Uh, well, we've had a contribution from the wonderfully voiced LCU No Fool Like One. Uh, and he's gone for the Viper Mark III. Um, it has steps out the front. It can land practically anywhere fast. It This makes it perfect for exobiology. 
The fastest top speed means you can get the next sample or get into the orbit quickly, and you can actually get a respectable 40 light years of range out of it and fit a vehicle hanger. Uh, I must admit, the, the Viper Mark III hasn't... It's kind of passed me by. I kind of went from... Um, uh, I think the Adder straight to the Cobra Mark III uh, and, and skipped the uh, the Viper Mark III because I, I didn't really... It didn't really, it didn't really appeal. And after shooting down so many vipers in the previous games, I always had a a, a bit of a thought it might have a bit of a reputation. Um, anybody else really gone for the Viper Mark III? It's it's funny. I've I've bounced off the Viper Mark III, which which as a buckyball racer was a really odd thing to do. But it just doesn't. Every time I try it, I just I don't know. I just bounce straight off it and go back to something else. I can't. I can't fall in love with the damn thing. It's really interesting that LCU is actually using it as a, you know, more of an explorer, an exobiology ship for good reasons. You know, it's small landing print and getting into orbit quickly. And but um, yeah, it doesn't quite work for me. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, I never uh. flew it. I don't think I've ever flown one unless it's been for a buckyball race. Uh, Shay Blackwood says, "Close your eyes and listen to it, Alec." I know what he means. It does have a nice um, little purr. Yeah, it's got a nice little purr. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I when I when I was at that stage of the game, I was more into the eagle and things like that because I had better. Yeah. It was more maneuverable. Yeah, yeah, I prefer the eagle to the Viper. Yeah, you know, I've always been much more into maneuverable ships than drag racers. Um, and obviously, now that we've got engineering, it really doesn't matter. But you know. Back when it did matter, I was into maneuverability. I really like the look of the eagle as well. Um, oh yeah, something about the. What yeah. gets me is the, the eagle's surprisingly big for for what you think it is. It's the same length as a Cobra Mark III. Mm. It, yeah, it, it, I, I, I remember it thinking smaller, that, but it's not. Yeah, I remember thinking the eagle was small enough to. Um, <laughs> to fit inside a Thargoid base through an open door, uh, and it's not. <laughs> no. It's not. I discovered to my cost. <laughs> oh, some absolute plum called Katie Anna um, has said um, Asp Explorer. Specifically, though, her Asp Explorer. That was her specifics. I don't think she understood the assignment, <laughs> and I'm disappointed. <laughs> oh, but yeah, the, the Asp Explorer. When it came, when it comes to when it comes to actually getting out in the black, it's. Yeah, okay, you've got the crate, the, the crate phantom, but there's a reason why the, we had the asp in front of things meme. Mm. And um, I know that Grant hated the sound of it. I absolutely I love the, the sound, sound of it. it. The sound of it. it. It does sound like a World War II bomber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, um, a bit like Alec, actually, the asp was my first, I want to concentrate and make this ship good kind of. Yeah, right. ship that I did, you know, and that you know, back in twenty twelve or twenty thirteen or whatever it were. You know, like, twenty fourteen, mate. It's not it's, the game's not that old. Um, you know, oh no, it'll be twenty fifteen. Was it as late? Was it as late as twenty fifteen? Yeah, um, it's twenty fourteen mm. when it was, and it was released December twenty fourth. Okay, so yeah, probably twenty twenty fifteen then. Yeah, um, the, kids these days won't understand this, but the Aspects was the first ship that I that I worked towards that i had that yeah I seriously worked towards being able to afford to you know to buy yeah i had to i had to work towards it but it was also the first one that i felt i felt sort of comfortable taking on any other ship in the game at the time in 
Yeah, because um, the, the, the number of ships at that point, if you turned up in the middle of a fight and you were in the Asp Explorer, you basically dominated the yeah. um, the combat zone. Yeah. Things changed a bit when oh, later oh, ships came along. We should spin this around for a, a subsequent week and, and ask which is your favorite ship to shoot at, because I love being in a combat zone and shooting at <laughs> because there's such a big flat target. It's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love, ironically, um, you know, okay, I know we said we we're going to do that, but I love shooting at anacondas, actually. Uh, you know, you just pick an anaconda, tap down to its uh, power plant, yeah, and then yeah. watch them pop. Yeah. Always a satisfying down yeah. on an anaconda yeah. as well. Yeah. I must, I must admit, I don't... Yeah, I've taken out anacondas. I've never actually taken out a Corvette. I've never taken out a Corvette or a Cutter yet. I really ought to try. Yeah, I think I have. I think my trusty Python has managed to down a couple of Corvettes. It's a good little fight in my Python. It's nicely engineered. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, it's, it's just... It's Ben next. Is it me next? Oh, I've got I've got the gorgeous uh, Sally. And, yeah, she, she is quite correct. Her best is the Cobra Mark III, because everything else is just pretending. And she ain't wrong. Yeah, I'm three winning by a good three points here. I think. Well, you actually oh, we should have taken that. We no, I'm not. I should have done. We should have done, but I'm not actually. We should. We should. Yeah, I'm not going to oh, do oh, that. I'll, I'll tell you. Don't worry. I'll tell you. Don't worry. All right. Cool. Uh, I've got uh, Safia, who says the Imperial Cutter. A screenshot I saw while researching made me go, "I want that one." So I got that one. Equipped it for Palin's 5,000 light year unlock trip and fell in love with exploration. Exploring in that cutter is my main activity since. I don't care about Anaconda Meta. Don't at me. Yeah, fuck the Anaconda Meta. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. You can get in the fucking bin. I need to get my rank to get a cutter. Unbelievably, I don't have the rank to get a cutter, but um, it's my next... It's nice to still have goals after all this time, so I'm quite glad in a way. But yeah, my next my next goal after all this buggyballing nonsense and um, when I'm bored of the spires is to go and do some Empire rank stuff and get myself a cutter. Yeah, I, I don't have yeah. the ranking for a Corvette. I don't know if I got that and haven't used my Corvette much. But cutter seems to be a really good ship for doing this new Spire and Titan stuff. A lot yeah. of people in cars. Well, the cutter, I mean, she's a, she's a nice, fast ship. Yeah, you know, she def- she's definitely got the speed, which in certain situations could be a real benefit, I suspect. Yeah. It's nice to hear from somebody like Safia, actually, the you know, people that have, have seriously spent like hundreds mm. of hours out in the black in just one ship. You know, I talk about my Python being home, but that's basically around the bubble. So I have lots of options, but um, you know, these people that go out for months or or years on exploration, yeah. they're stuck with their ship. Oh. Mm. Yes. Very much so. Well, um, <laughs> I'll take the next one. Silas Reese. He's gone controversial here. Realistically, it's the Cobra Mark IV. He's got three of them. It's a small pad, allowing the selling of rares to settlements, and has enough slots to be a decent miner and explorer. I just wish I could find more than thirty, get more than thirty light years out of it. Also, it looks amazing. Brackets fight me. Uh, yeah, I will. Actually. I will actually. Looks amazing. So um, defensive. Um, <laughs> it's all right, isn't it? I've got it's one. Just... I can't remember what it looks like now. It's n- well, it's not as curvaceous. It's, it's, like, a, it's, like, a, it's like a chunky Mark III. It's yeah, got a funny it's a arse, isn't it? Isn't it? Got, it's got yes. like a funny rear end. Yeah. 
and uh, yeah, <laughs> it's not my favourite ship at all. We don't think we don't think shame here. <laughs> Cobra Mark Four, the ship that's pay to lose. What did you have to? <laughs> Do to get a Mark IV. It's exclusive, isn't it? Did you have to have Horizons? It's exclusive. Pre ordered Horizon or something, wasn't it? Yeah, you pre ordered Horizons for both the Xbox and uh, the uh, the PC. Oh, um, okay. There was a lot of controversy that it was never available to the PlayStation people. Oh, yeah, they never offered it to the PlayStation people because that's one of the things that used to come up in the forums all the time. Was when are we getting the Cobra Mark IV? And they went, "You can't have it." Never. I didn't know that. I didn't realise the PlayStation couldn't get access to it. That's a bit mean. No, no, they can see it, which is... Well, they can see yeah. it in the game. <laughs> no, no, look at it. They can see mine. You can look at it. <laughs> they can see other people flying it. Well, they can't, actually, because... <laughs> no, they can't. They won't have any other people no, flying it on the PlayStation. No, instance with anybody. <laughs> no. So, can, um, actually, yes. can, the PS4, can the PlayStation not instance with the Xbox? No. No, no of course it can't. Definitely not. Isn't it? Go on, think hard. Yeah. I had I had some yeah. weird thinking for a second that hang on, there's we've got crossplay, but no, we don't. No, of course we don't. God. No. I know. Was, wasn't the crossplay for CQC at some point, but it got it stopped working, or was that just me having another dream like Ben was? I don't know. Oh no, the the crossplay is between before it used to be that you couldn't have it between um proper Odyssey and uh Elite without Odyssey. Not legacy, but you know. Yeah, and there was a there was a workaround for that as well, wasn't there? Through that little E D launcher thing, the mini launcher or something. Yeah. You used to be able to launch it and like that, but now they've changed they've fixed it so that it doesn't matter if you launch in Odyssey or whether you're launching 4.0 live um, you'll still be able to play against each other but then again there has been another issue with the uh, the matchmaking which is still causing uh, problems now but let's move on uh, just a second because Rotherspoon mm-hmm. has just said something in chat which really surprises me did you not know that no is that true the Cobra yeah, Mark yeah, yeah. 4 is the ship you fly in the Odyssey on foot so tutorial it's the ship that you are the passenger on good heavens yeah He's got oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so it looks like the NPC ordered Horizons then. <laughs> yeah, I really like that. I think it's a really nice little wow. little nod to like the legacy of the legacy of Elite kind of thing. Yeah. Well, it. you're up next. Thanks for po- continually pointing this out to me because I'm bad. Um, <laughs> we are. We are. Are we at J? Jay, yep. Yes, Thank you. Um, Rangers GSTQ um, says the Imperial ships are works of beauty. They always love the clipper, but the courier recently has become their ship of choice. How it feels and looks is still breathtaking. Oh, I must admit, the courier is a, a fantastic little uh, um, one for, for doing runs. It is. You it's know, the right ship I'm going to use for the uh, the next week's Buckyball race, actually, in Unlimited. It's, um, yeah, fast little thing. Uh, so I, I've got a certain gentleman by the name of Mistake Not, and uh, he, he he's teasing us all by saying the Cobra Mark III up until the point he got the Federal Corvette, the that's dirty fair, traitor. Dirty traitor. Fair. Um, yeah, and, yeah, he's, he's he is rightfully saying... That the Fed Corvette can do anything, and it's the it's for him at least definitely the best shipping game. Yeah, yeah, that, that is fair. 
Can't land that outpost, but do you really? But but you know what? If you're in a Corvette, fuck outposts. <laughs> They're not worth your races time. That need to go through tunnels. Suck it. I mean, I've done a buckyball race that has gone through a tunnel in a Corvette. Oh, it took me a yeah. while. I had to yeah, wiggle it right. a fair amount, but it managed it. Go on then. Yeah, it's me. It is you. G Hardy says, um, well, I'm an explorer, so it has to be the Anaconda. So good, it's even the background on my work PC. Yeah, I will well, add that. We that, have that to like, have one at some point. Anaconda Explorer Meta for the win. <laughs> <laughs> I will add that if you go to the thread, and it, the thread will be linked in the show notes, if you go to the thread, they have people have included images of their ships as well in the in the twitter in the twitter shed including um g hardy and including a couple of other people that have already come up um i haven't i obviously didn't include it uh as part of the as part of the text because we're a podcast <laughs> anacron still has the biggest jump range doesn't it if you yeah if you strip it down put a massive yeah. jump you make it a flying fuel tank yes it is yeah, I think it's the holder of like the Sajay speed records. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. It has um, to be. Well, that's a, that's a funny build with that because it's got, well, it's got a massive jump range. You have to add extra fuel tanks. What's the deal it? with the Anaconda? Has it got a bugged hull mass or something? Um, actually, know. yeah, it, it, it's got a, a hull mass, which means that um, its cargo capacity is greater than the, the, the actual mass of the ship itself. <laughs> There's something odd about it. Like it shouldn't. It's, there it is shouldn't something get a jump odd like that. that. It really shouldn't be able to jump. That yeah, far. but I must admit, I spent I spent a, a billion credits on my Anaconda, and I never fly it. I can't stand flying wow. it. And, I, and I'm just there thinking, why did why did I spend that? That money should go towards my my fleet carrier. <laughs> but I can't. I I never fly it, but I don't want to sell it either because mm-hmm. then I don't get. To use all the skins that because, have been because given what if ages. what if something comes up? But what if something comes up and you need that ship that you've engineered for some reason? That's <laughs> why I. That's why I never sell any of my ships. What if I, oh, it's the hoarder's excuse? But what if I'm going to need it in the future? Yeah. Oh, the, yes. The the well, the anaconda. Yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, is that's one thing I always. I always got a bit confused about that. Everybody would race. You've got to get an anaconda. You've got to get an anaconda when they just start. And I'm just there going, no, you don't. It's it's, a, it's not the best ship to fly. But, I feel uh, like, I feel like to some extent, because, oh, I'm sure I'm right in saying this, because the anaconda isn't locked behind a rank and it's the only big three that isn't, one of the big three that isn't locked behind something. It's mm-hmm. something that is tangible to aim for just yeah. through making money. Yeah. And I think that's probably the um, the mentality with it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Very true. Very true. I mean, yeah. I, you, people don't count the, the Type 9 and Type 10 as as the big three. It's desirable. So. Well, we didn't have a 10 originally, but... Uh... Yeah, the nine was not a desirable ship unless you were Hulk cargo. Yeah, we've got Alex Downs. Um, he's gone for the crate Mark II because it's as nimble as a hummingbird, and if I kit it outright, nothing can touch it. His is called HMS Rodney. Uh, you may have heard of it. Cool. Yes. Uh, cool. I mean, this is the thing about the crate Mark II. It's the ship that I use the most, but it's not my favourite. Yeah, it's versatile. It's versatile, yeah. It's very versatile. You can just flip things left, right, and center to to fit certain rules. 
but it's not the ship that I want to fly. It's the feel that it's the ship I have to fly. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it's if, quite a nice cockpit as well, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Commander Strayer says, um, probably the Imperial Courier. It's such a fast yet tanky ship. They've flown this to and from Colonia, while it also has firepower and shields to place top 25% of bounty hunting CGs, but yet fast enough to all... To, Fast enough still to run from glaves. It's the R wing. Just wish it had a second a thing. Is that the A wing? I, I don't know. Isn't I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm probably horribly wrong. Isn't R wing a very fast Lord of the Rings horse? I'm going to Google it. I'm sure that's unless R wing is a certain uh, fighter from say uh, I don't know Starfox. The R wing is a per- is the personal super high performance combat spacecraft used by mud um, members of the Starfox team. There you go. Yes, under yeah, I get that. I must yeah. admit, I, what idiot um, said Lord of the Rings? Honestly, what a plum. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what I do like about the Imperial Courier is that when I'm wanting to disrupt people's um, uh, operations in power play. That's the ship I choose. That's the ship I go uh, bounty oh, hunting. It's like small pads, isn't it? Yeah. yeah bounty yeah. hunting or basically screwing up other people's power play. That's the ship I use. Because uh, I normally get in, hit, run away, and uh, let them curse in my, in my wake. So Tony is saying that he really likes the Imperial Cutter. Psychic's very favorite ship, the Corvette. The Cutter can also do everything. It's just a little bit faster and a little bit less. I'm going to shoot you in the face. Um, but, you know, they're right. And sh- you have to admit, the Cutter is a hell of a sexy ship to look at as well. It is, yeah. I am looking forward to getting mine and taking screenshots of it. Yeah, it, it is a very... The Corvette is raw power. The Cutter is elegant. <laughs> you went very high there, Ben. <laughs> I did go high there. Uh Coyote BW says the Python is the definition of jack of all trades. It sure is. I have one for trading, combat, AX, and exploration. Also, it's mm. hard to explain, but the cockpit just looks like it's the most comfortable of all the ships. I own five and have no regrets. I know what he means. The cockpit's got like, you've got like wooden inlay, and I don't know. <laughs> it feels quite old school, like an old school jag or something. <laughs> Yeah, well, now that I've got the detail rammed all the way up, you can see all the scratches and and uh, uh, marks all the way through the cockpit. I mean, even the the so-called le- uh, the logo at the bottom of the uh, screen has got the kind of rusted feel around it. It feels like a, an Austrian Allegro that's been kind of rusted a little. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, very yeah, very comfy. The Python. You almost expect there to be a log fire at the back. <laughs> Or at least one of those modern wood burner stoves, maybe. <laughs> um, right, we've got Ken Dobson. Um, he's come out with a classic Cobra Mark III as he flew it in the original Elite on the BBC Micro. So that, that's winning at the moment for its that's, talent. Uh, that's such a nostalgia trip. We, yeah. we, we, we talked about that earlier, didn't we, about it being, yeah. it, it's been a really good transition. Um, we have Norm Mack, who says um, the T9, because they love the view from the ship, great for trade and mining. Also, it was the only ship they used in VR after finding out VR made them ill. 
Interesting. Mm. This, so did that work? Was that the one that this worked? Is more spicy, less claustrophobic. Maybe. Yeah, it would be. And also it's a lot more stable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Actually, T9 was the first ship I dabbled in a little bit of flight assist off. Um, I think a few people have said this because it's so slow to react. You know, one of yeah. your problems when you first turn flight assist off is just getting into uncontrollable spins or... Um, whereas the T9, because it's so slow to react, is actually a really good VR tra- uh, flight assist off trainer ship. It is, actually. I've always found that um, in order to dock quickly, I just boost towards the station and go into free uh, in um, flight assist off and then just line up, switch flight assist back on again. And that saves a heck of a lot of faffing about with the T9. And the one thing that I will say about the T9, the cockpit is amazing. Especially when you're in VR and you're looking about, and you can see the other two chairs further down, and yeah. the view out the front window. Yeah, it's it's great. What I forget sometimes as well is that the cockpits have different acoustics, so the big cockpits mm. have much more of an echo. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? Yeah. So Commander Bolo Petunias is saying it's the DBX for me. It's small, agile, agile with, with a size that means it's perfect for finding a landing spot on rough terrain. And what the hell is that? And um, when engineered, it can jump with those best of the biggest lumbering ships. Finally, it's a lake on ship, so it has that classic uh, cockpit canopy, canopy profile and view. And yeah, then they ain't wrong. The, the DBX is a, is a glorious ship as well. It is great. I just realized I think that's yeah. the first shout out for the DBX, and I use mine a hell of a lot. I think, I think yeah. it was a late surger, the DBAs. Mm. <laughs> we might get a couple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Must have never flown it. Never flown it? You've never flown, never flown it? it. Never wow. flown the DBX. The I've never flown thing, it in anger. The only thing that's odd about it, because I use my DBX a lot because I'm, I'm, I'm jumping around a lot. Like at the moment, you know, I'm jumping from, mm. around all the different Spire sites. So I want something with a bit of jump range. Um, so it's brilliant for that. The only thing is it's, Bloody fuel scoop makes it actually slower than something with that takes more jumps. But I always forget that and just suck it up. <laughs> anyway, Peace Terminator, Peace Terminator, yes, um, says the Python. Jack of all trades, more or less. Pricing is a bit hefty and it lacks a fighter hanger, but it's a reliable go-to when you need something done and don't want to invest in a new ship on the first occasion. Embrace Python supremacy. No. You know what I? You know what I think mm-hmm. is the best thing about the Python. Mm-hmm. It can land on medium pads. Yeah, and it yeah. has a massive cargo bay. It's an interesting trade-off, isn't it? It can land on mediums, but it doesn't have a fighter hanger. Both, um, both slightly surprising, but um... in in on my um, power play commander, I've got a Python as well as uh, an Imperial Clipper, and the Python is always used for doing the trade runs because you always seem to be able to get better prices from uh, the outposts where in the mining outposts rather than uh, uh, trying to find someone with a larger ship. And uh, it's been a blooming godsend for getting the funds up to the right level. I, the, the Python used to be my most flown ship. Yeah. Um, oh, right. So it's Commander uh, Chirpy Vader. Um, he says it has to be the DBX. So it's another for the DBX. It's the default for anything I need to do because it just eats up the miles and it keeps on coming back to it. You know, I'm going to have to try the DBX at one point. It's good ship. It is. Mm. Good ship. You, you like it. You like it a lot. 
Um, we have Greg Rickshaw who says, although it's been a very long time since they used one, the Cobra Mark III will always be their favourite. It represented the moment the whole game changed for them when they finally got out of the Sidewinder. They still have their original Trigger's, bo- Trigger's Broom Cobra parked up and safe. Ah, <laughs> uh, Trigger's Broom! <laughs> so, the Collins Cobra is is still stuck at Lape Station. <laughs> My ultimate, ultimate engineered Cobra that I've had from day one in Elite Dangerous, I never sold it. It's, mm. it's still in um, at Lave Station that I occasionally take out. So, yeah, it's the Cobra. Ben? Yeah, the, um, right, Ulti Ferocity is saying the Crate Mark II is their favourite ship to go to Thargoid, to go Thargoid hunting in, and I make sure I don't get hit there. Uh, to go Thargoid hunting in, and it does pack a re- it packs a real punch in terms of four fi- firepower with four medium sized shell cannons. It looks just it just it also just looks amazing. It's really fun. It's a really yeah. good good a anti xeno ship. Yep. A good range of um, paint jobs for the crate. I think it might have one of the one of the biggest ranges of paint jobs actually. I think I mean, it's I mean, the I... co- the Cobra, the Aspmark, uh, the Asp Explorer, and of course, uh, yeah. The crate mark two do seem to be the ones that got the most paint jobs. I could be wrong. I wish to do a little count up one at one point. Oh, okay. If you want to, yeah, maybe another tally. We're doing another tally. Another tally. Uh, Tony DiMaggio says the crate phantom, super versatile, great jump range. I think it's the most underrated ship in the game. Is that true? Mm. I'm not sure that's true. Maybe. People tend to go with Mark II rather than the Phantom, don't they, I suppose? Well, it depends. Again, if you like exploring and you don't want to use an Asp Explorer, then normally the Crate Phantom seems to be a better option. I wouldn't say that it was was underrated. No, I wouldn't say that at all. I guess because I use mine all the time. I know what you Yeah. I think people tend you tend to hear the Mark II mentioned more than the Phantom, so it does go a little bit unsung, maybe, but... um, Mm. I think there's other ships that are actually. I was going to say there are other ships that are more underrated, but um, there are certainly more ships that are mentioned less. But whether they're actually good, yeah. Think about that. Next week's question: What's the most underrated ship in the game? Right. Oh, maybe. Uh, Colin. Uh, Mark Gamer is of. I largely ignored the DBX starting out, but I recently found myself flying it a lot. It's great for exobio. I don't like spending time in the SRV as it gives some motion sickness, uh, but the the DBX negates this the need for an SRV due to its ability to land virtually anywhere. So it's DBX for him. Yeah, and that's that does seem to be the advantage of the DBX. It, you can just put it down yeah. anywhere. I use it for exobiology as well actually it's um yeah it's just um, got a really nice small footprint you know landing footprint and it's got the range to go places great yeah yeah i i, I use it specifically for doing guardian sites now <laughs> that's yeah. literally it um, actually for guardian sites it's got the um it's got the hard point on the top as well which is really it does your, yeah, your, yeah. Um, the point defense you can pop right on the yeah, top of the back yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah. it's perfect for it i would i would never uh I've, i have taken other ships but um i get not making it a spur of the moment decision and just fucking off in my phantom to do it i would always pick like take the time out to go and get the dbx to go and do it it's a lot of fun 
It's a lot of fun. Speaking of phantoms, Tala says it's a great phantom. They love the way it looks with the thruster bank on the back and they love the way it handles. There's also something about being in the cockpit of one that feels right, like they're, the, they're supposed to be there. I like that. I like the fact in the Quake Phantom that you're central. Any ship that you're central in the cockpit of is um, a bonus to me. I don't like feeling asymmetric. Doesn't Same. hurt as doesn't hurt as much in the phantom. This whole thing without mentioning asymmetry. Yeah, no, fuck it. Doesn't hurt as much in the phantom, but in the FDL, that can that can get in the bin for me because of that big bar that is of asymmetry. Um, that that does my head in. I I don't like it. Cobra off center. Cobra's off center. Yep, not fun. I don't like it. Mm. Um, So Captain Ply is saying that their favorite ship and the only one that they've flown in the last three years. Is the Creed Phantom uh, unengineered? Uh, it's the most fun ship I've ever that I have flown, and it carries everything everything I need. Amazing! I'm impressed that it's an un- unengineered one. Yeah, I wonder if that's a kind of policy decision of like I'm not going to. I guess mm. it's interesting. Yeah, that, yeah, as you say, interesting. Mm. Evan says, "Got to be the chief." A win for Evan. I'm claiming you are Arthur Tolmy in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gotta be the chief. I've spent the most time in the Annie, but I've had the most fun in the chief. It's good looking shit, the chieftain. It is. Yeah. It is. yeah, it is. I was really, really surprised when it came along. The, the nurse that was part of um, uh, the Beyond season. And when it came out, it was, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of built the chieftain. Sorry. Did the, sorry, did the Chieftain and the tra- Challenger come out at the same time? The Chieftain came out first with the Challenger and the other one's coming out afterwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, technically, they were supposed to be the Alliance. Uh, they were supposed to be Alliance ships behind some kind of Alliance ranking, but they, they scrapped that and just gave it to everybody. I built the Chieftain as my, because I wasn't using it and I wanted to use it for something. So I, I souped it up as my um, Titan runner. And it, it, it's been good to a point. It, it's falling a little bit short at the end where just on power and it's, you know, could do with a few, a few more slots and a bit more, a bit more juice. But um, it's been good for that. Excellent. Uh, well, we've got Commander Homburger here. I really like my hauler. <laughs> <laughs> I will be exploring in it exclusively once I get to Colonia. It feels like a reliant Robin, and I wish Frontier would release a yellow Trotters independent trading company paint job for it. Oh yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, it would, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'd be all. I'd, I agree with that. Like it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> only if you call your ship the Lovely Jubbly. <laughs> lovely jubbly amazing amazing um napilius says the dbx small runs cool jumps far sturdy looks apart and one of the few ships that still forces you to make outfitting compromises mm, interesting. interesting yeah it is a late search the dbx it's uh, oh, yeah i've, I've taught them all up i know who the winners are Ooh. amazing mm. uh so having me mon- monday monkey sorry is saying the dolphin. I think that's the first of the dolphin, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yes, it is. It's such a it's a, such a happy ship, and it'll bring a smile to anyone's face. Now that that the dolphin is actually a ship that I've never bothered with. It's the little uh, one of the three passenger ships. It's a, it is. It's a small passenger. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, when when they came out, I just jumped straight into the beluga. 
because you know because I could <laughs> basically and but I, I feel a bit like I've missed something with the dolphin. It's quite cute. I've got a dolphin, my little uh, champagne Charlie. Mm. <laughs> it's not a bad racer, actually. I've well, I've have I've heard very good things about it. I just I've never. Is it the dolphin that's got the nice kind of passenger cabin ding as the part of the boost sound? I don't know. I thought the dolphin, one of them doesn't sort of cry or scratch or make makes a weird noise when it boosts anyway. There's also a ding, like the, you know, the passenger. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Uh, Cheb's Will. Haven't we had Cheb's Will already? Anyway, Cheb's Will uh, says, The Adder. It's a great all-rounder that can land at any station or ground base. You can use it for nearly any task equally well. If taxi drivers use them, they must be good for a few hundred thousand. Like <laughs> an overhaul. There you go, Colin. A vote for the adder. Just, just <laughs> wrong. Just don't. <laughs> yeah, I've included it. We've got uh, Commander DeCamper, uh, the Crate Phantom. Uh, another one. Because it's so late and its, and its jump range is great looks awesome and best of all it's very existence in screenshots annoys off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fair yeah i mean my favorite one um it's the imperial clipper it's not the fastest ship it's certainly not the most maneuverable i'm just in it for the looks because it, it just it's like a swan there's a lot of work going on but it just looks very graceful as it flies and when i'm out in the black exploring I'm glad to see a beautiful, beautiful work of art landing in front of me rather than a, a scrappy um, <laughs> Aspect Explorer yeah. or, nice. or DBX. Yeah. I, I think I've misused my Imperial Clipper and I need to fall back in love with it again because I used it as my core mining ship, which it fails at miserably, A, because the convergence of its hard points is appalling. Um, and it's not it's not that manoeuvrable or or, or Neat, you know, when you're trying to nip around a, a blown core asteroid, mm. trying to get in amongst it, to, it's not the easiest ship to use for that either. Yeah. Right, do you want to, Do you want another tally? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yay! Okay, I'm going to do this in reverse order. In da, third da, place, da, 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 we have, with four votes, we have the DBX. Yes, four people like the DBX. In second place, the Cobra Mark Three. Oh. oh, there is a surprise, yes. That is a surprise, yeah. Topping out the number one just to piss off off, we have the Crate Phantom. Incredible. No way. No way. Yeah, so there we are. Um, <laughs> special mention goes to the Crate, uh, the crate Mark II because that was the, the, the next one on the list. But yeah, um, it does seem that like the crate, people do like the Crate Phantom. It's, it's a fun ship. It is. I'm not. It's, I'm not disputing that. It's a fun ship. I don't want to do. I don't want to do a question like. Um, there's been a couple of suggestions in chat for sort of like what's the least favourite ship, what's the worst ship, and all oh, of that no. kind of shit. We don't want to do that because um, the, this kind of like interaction <laughs> thing is a lot. It's like aiming, erring on the side of positivity, um, uh, like saying about things that we love about Elite, which is um, uh, it's just uh, and sometimes let's not joke. Sometimes we we have been known on this show to be a mite negative, an occasion on the seldom occasion that something grinds our gears, we do have a have a propensity to articulate articulate it that said this section we like to talk about nice things and fun things so um i'll figure out something for next week what's your favorite bug (laughs) (laughs) my favorite bug's a dead bug well no we'll we'll figure out something it might i've seen a couple of cool suggestions in chat so i might i might nick some of those 
And we all know the worst ship in the game is the Asp Scout anyway. So, you know, <laughs> it'd be a very short question. Yeah, it'd be a difficult, it'd be a difficult thing to... Um, no, every, uh, single, every single time I remember listening back to, to Flight Assist, worst ship in the game, Asp Scout. Asp and we Scout. did a tally at one point. I'm not going to go back and listen to it. I'm trying to find out which one it is. But we certainly did do a tally at one point. Oh man, yeah. those were the days. But yeah, but we'll figure we'll figure out something. We'll figure out something for for next week. Keep an eye on Twitter and on our Discord because those are the two places that I, pe- I post them. I don't post them anywhere else, and I don't collect them from collect them from anywhere else. So if you're answering somewhere else, I ain't going to see it. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Right. Um, quickly, some any other business, Ben? You've got something? Oh. Um, oh yes, 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 yes. Uh, let me. Sorry, can you do the other one, and I'm going to get myself to a relatively safe position. Right. I okay. Got, fair I, enough. I got to focus. Um, on well, as we we've, we've been following the Dex legacy, I came across something the the other day, which um, uh, in my injured state, I've been listening to a lot. Uh, and back in the old days, there were you know two big Bioware D and D RPGs which people raved about. One, of course, was Baldur's Gate, but the other one was Planescape. The other one was Planescape Torment, uh, which um, everybody reckoned was better, but uh, but weirder. Uh, well, it turns out that Revenica G, uh, GM is producing an audio drama based on the game. It follows the nameless one as he just tries to discover who he is and how to survive in the city of Sigil. Uh, I do believe Planescape is actually making a comeback in D&D at the moment. I've noticed source books appear again. I haven't seen source books for that thing for 20 years. Anyway, uh, we've got full details of his patron and the podcast can be found. Uh, we'll put a link in the in the show notes, but it's easy enough to, on your, any of your podcatchers. So give it a listen, especially if you like that old RPG. Right, back to Ben. Right, so a um, bit of a, a, a slightly personal one here. So... The the Black Hut is a local community center where my kids are learning karate, uh, and it's they've just found out it's it needs several thousand pounds worth of repairs. It's kind of a community center um, for for the local area, which also does things like um, oh, it's got Slimming Slimming World Girl Girl Guides and things like that. But the building is. Is very very tired, shall we say? Um, so, if anybody's got a few quid going spare, and I know very few of us have these days, and you you, you want to go and help a uh, a place that helps a lot to the local community, if you go on to GoFundMe and do a search for the Black Hut, I know they'll appreciate any any pennies that you can throw their way. And of course, the link to that will be in the show notes. Excellent, excellent. Um, Psychic, so any um any other might, Yeah, sure. Why not? Um um my talk, speaking of D podcasts, mine is coming back, well podcast shows, mine is coming back on the fifth of November, which is also my wedding anniversary. But you know, D D won't play itself. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're doing we're doing that. I wonder if I've got anything else coming up that's cool. Um it guy gang, it's Halloween next week. Literally Halloween on show day. Uh-oh. What are you so, thinking? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you want to come in costume, come in costume. 
I'm joking. Please don't dress up um, because we can't see it because we're a podcast. But I'm just saying it's Halloween next week. So um, let, let's I'm in, I'm in costume. I'm in costume today. You know, I've got I've got my my Halloween face on. That's no on, different on, from on, the on my usual ship. face. On my ship. Quite. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's Halloween next week. Actually, Halloween. So yay! How exciting. Yee. That means that means I'm going to be getting up and giving kids sweets every five minutes during the no, show. No, we we start at thirty. They they should be long gone by then. They should be in bed. <laughs> what they I should want be to know in bed or comatose with sweets by that point. <laughs> What I genuinely want to know: How come you're not allowed to trick the little bastards? Because, because no, it's like, trick or because, treat. Because it's their a trick. parents it's are there, and their parents are there, and they're going to punch you in your nose, and you will deserve it. What, trick what or treat is not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, anyway, it's Halloween. It's Halloween next week. So I just, I just go to the door with a pack of cards, and when they say that, I just say, I'll do a trick. Pick a card, <laughs> any card. Yeah. <laughs> you guys must be really fun up highs. <laughs> I've got, well, yeah. Sorry, kids, I ain't got any apples, but any, any apples, any sweets, but have some wasabi peanuts. <laughs> it's true, I haven't actually got any sweets. <laughs> oh, good talk. Yeah, we found that. Um, we found that in order to when we ran out of sweets we started offering the kids fruit and then word word caught around that don't go to the bad place they give you they give you satsumas all right so we will go go yeah in as a, as a rule of thumb you know I, I actually quite like quite enjoy uh trick-or-treating with the kids uh walking around walking around with them and things but as a rule of thumb i go the only place we go is either places that we know or if if somewhere's gone off and made an effort to you know put Halloweeny stuff out, then you can assume they're not going to mind going around going trick or treating. Mm. Um, whereas if it's a random house with no not even pumpkins outside, it, it, it kind of it does feel a bit cheeky to me. Fair enough. Um, right, let's do our shout outs. Um, our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, it broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30. You can tune in at twitch.tv, Hutton Orbital Truckers. Or if you just want the audio, go to radio.forthemug.com. For the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me elite dangerous CQC. Giving a shout out to the following Elite Dangerous podcasts, which... Uh, are, which are about which so that's the guard frequency who do other space games as well there's also loose screws and i'd like to put a special mention out to the pixel bandits who've now been going for eight years they still play elite dangerous but they don't cover it as much anymore but uh, yeah you find them at pixelbandits.org um following this we have the latest galnet news digest as provided by commander witherspoon and commander beetlejude and we'd just like to thank everyone who's chipped in in the Twitch chat. And how many in-game commanders have been helping you out, Ben? It looked quite busy there. It's fucking busy, so I don't think any of them are actually listening tech- to the show. Probably not. I mean, we're all, you, you might have noticed it's a bit of a war zone out there, and we're all, well, getting a little bit distracted. Well, it is a war. Yes. It is a, it is a war. It does look fantastic fun. It's, it is it, a lot it, of fun. I have to admit, I've been, I have been having a blast, pun intended. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of you know I've done nothing of the special spire stuff, but I've been having a blast just shooting everything that's Thargoid related yeah. and gliding Ex- and gliding occasionally <laughs> in the way that bricks don't. 
Yeah, that's how I lost my clipper on on Saturday. Mm. A little bit close to the ground when I got hit. <laughs> anyway, um, special thanks, of course, to Commander Tokusul, Jay and Trax, and Alan Stride, who have all created music that we use in the show. So that's it for yet another episode of Live Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, you can co- find the contact links on the home slash contact contact us menu on the laveradio.com website. Do let us know if you've got any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out on laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Ben. Thank you, Colin. And I'm going to give a special shout out to Basse Bass Avic, who went yee when Little Biggie instead is on Live Radio. Aww. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, okay, thanks thanks to Psychit. Thank you. And thanks to Alice. <laughs> Who the fuck Thank is you. Alice? Thank you, Colin. Don't forget, Buckyball Race starts Saturday. Those prisoners ain't going to break themselves out of jail. And special thanks goes to today's tech specialist, the wonderful Sonic Pontiago. I have got that Thank completely you. wrong part. Yeah. I am so sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that was incredible. I mean, that fits. It works. That, Potnik, I am so sorry. <laughs> and good fine. night to Fallen Board. Honestly, I was. It's a good night for him. Happy Tuesday. Wow. Yay. I'm still blaming the drugs. Right. Until next time, Commanders, <laughs> fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Galnet News Digest, 24th of October, 3309. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, the number of survivors being rescued from the Titans is turning into a problem. 
There's concern that the curse of the Thetis might be about to reawaken. And there are calls to ban sales of the Alliance Chieftain after serious design flaws were identified. While many commanders have been exploring the new Thargoid spire sites, Aegis has been trying to work out what to do with the thousands of people rescued from the Thargoid Titans. Although there is no indication that these people, who were abducted by the Thargoids and placed in life support pods on board one of the eight Titan hive ships and subsequently rescued by technology jointly developed by Aegis and the Sirius Corporation, have been indoctrinated by the Thargoids or infected with anything like the mycoid virus. The Federation, Empire and Alliance are nonetheless insisting that they be kept in secure medical facilities. The fear of a Thargoid-controlled fifth column or of some terrible disease using the released captives as vectors and the limited space in secure hospitals is likely to reach crisis point within weeks. Either those who have been confirmed healthy must be allowed to resume their previous lives, and in some cases to return to their home systems if it's one of the systems that have been cleared of Thargoids, or the effort to rescue more captives must be halted. Even if they have already been demonstrated to be healthy and free from any form of Thargoid contamination, those released may be viewed with suspicion and may find themselves discriminated against. It's an unsettling thought that these people have been kept alive by Thargoids, sometimes for months. Were they really just kept in storage? Or had the Thargoids already started to put whatever their plan was into effect? What if these captives have been hypnotised by the Thargoids and that on a given signal they attack their fellow humans? The distrust is understandable. Perhaps Syojin A, who has some ability to sense the Thargoid Hive consciousness, may be able to provide answers before all available secure facilities are full to overflowing. We have an emergency situation on board. Some kind of epidemic its driving people insane. I've managed to source it to a digital signal that keeps broadcasting within the comms array. It started on C-Deck, but now the entire population of Deck C to F have been massacred. They just went crazy and started killing each other. There's renewed scrutiny of the wreck of the generation ship Thetis, after suggestions were made this week that the mysterious fate that befell its passengers and crew might still be a danger to modern spacefarers. The Thetis is one of the flotilla of ancient generation ships that set out from Earth and Mars to attempt to colonise the galaxies in the years before faster-than-light travel became a reality. The vastness of interstellar travel meant that the journey to a new planetary home would take far more than a single lifetime, so these ships were to be the home to generations of colonists as they made their way slowly through the vast emptiness of space. The ships had a huge wire shield to deflect any galactic debris that might otherwise have vaporised the ship's hull, and massive engines to slowly accelerate the gigantic ship until it reached the midpoint of its journey. Ironically, when many of the colonists arrived at their new homes, they found that later travellers, now equipped with faster-than-light engines, had colonised the planets centuries earlier. 
but some of the generation ships never arrived. Thetis is one such ship. Logs that can still be listened to explain that a strange whispered phrase that sounded something like the words, kill them all, inexplicably drove everyone on the ship into a frenzy of mutual annihilation. 17,401 people died in a bloodbath on board the Thetis. The source of the message that caused this mass hysteria is reported to be a planet some 15 light-years back towards Sol from the present position of the Thetis in the Nefertim system. The rumours are that the source of this strange whispered command may still be broadcasting, waiting for someone else to pick up the transmission and for yet another set of victims to die to fulfil its insatiable bloodlust. Commanders who choose to visit the hulk of the Thetis to listen to the logs are warned that while the first four logs are safe, they should under no circumstances listen to the fifth. Here is an excerpt from the third log that explains the source and nature of the signal this log is safe to listen to. I've done it. I've managed to decrypt the signal and identify the source. But it's even more confusing than I thought. The signal originates from an uninhabited planet we passed 15 light years ago. Who sent it and how it managed to infect the comms array, I have no idea. That's the good news. The bad news is... I heard the message. I was trying to run it through the translator and... I forgot the speaker was on. It's the same message relayed again and again and again. It's more a whisper than anything else. It says, kill them all. There have been calls to ban the use of the Lacon Alliance Chieftain after research conducted by Commander Sovereign Winter of Canon Research showed that the ship is a potential death trap. The stubby chieftain, which resembles a breeze block holding two bricks with outstretched arms, is, despite the apparent presence of wings, remarkably unaerodynamic. In space, its form is irrelevant, and it performs well in roles such as an anti-Zeno fighter. However, as soon as it's flying in an atmosphere, everything changes. The wind tunnel models indicate that this piece of flying masonry has low lift and high drag. It only just manages neutral pitch, yaw and roll stability, making it virtually impossible to fly without computer assist, although this does make it exceptionally manoeuvrable. The biggest problem, however, is the combined bow shockwaves from the fuselage and the nacelles. The forward-facing thrusters on the nacelles present a flat face to the wind, and the stubby cockpit area isn't much better. The high-energy hypersonic shockwaves from the nacelles and from the main fuselage converge upon the wing struts, and under atmospheric operating conditions, the wings could be expected to become superheated and to fail catastrophically within a few minutes of operation. Those flying the Alliance Chieftain are urged, for their own safety, to fly their ships at no more than 50 metres per second, until Lacon has had time to investigate this extremely dangerous design flaw. And that's this week's extremely spooky Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news, 
so you don't have to. Woo!